Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is episode number 100. I cannot believe it. It's gone so fast. <laughs> and I have two great friends and veteran podcasters on the show to help me celebrate. Welcome, Martin Bailey and Ibarrio Nexparello. Hey, guys. Hey. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Well, you know what? You guys had a lot to, to do from the beginning with my starting a podcast uh, for two reasons. Well, first of all, I, I had been listening to both of your podcasts for a long time. Um, you were kind of role models for me. And um, when I was debating whether I should start my own podcast a few years ago, uh, Martin said, why, why do it? And Ibarunek said, yes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you've, you read my email wrong. Cause it, what I, what I said was, and unless you're sure you can, you can actually yeah. come up with something to talk about, then don't do it. Okay. Um, but I, I, I encourage anyone to do it. I think it's, it's one of the greatest things that I've done in my life. And so I, uh, my, my point there was, was only do it if you think that you I can know. stick with it. And um, also, so. I remember at the time you said, but you already have an audience. You already have your workshops. They're, they're selling. Why start the work, the, the podcast? Because you back in the day started the podcast to build the audience. So I was kind of doing it backwards. Mm. Remember? Yeah. You, you know, I, I started my podcast initially without any real thoughts of why, uh, why I was doing it other than to get more eyes on my work. Mm -hmm. But it, it kind of evolved into what it is. And it's been amazing for me. Um, so I, I think that the, the way you, you know, you, I think you were also writing for DPS, was it? Or, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so that was part of it, you know, that you, you already had the audience, but yeah, I mean, if, if you think you, you obviously you're here 100 episodes later. And so you've, you had the, you had what it take to keep it going. And that's the most important thing. So congratulations. Thank you. I think, I th yeah, I, I think more, most people quit after like 10 or something. I don't remember. Well, that, but... that was my point. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, I think that's more damaging to your reputation than just not starting. That's true. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I hate to see people build a reputation as a quitter. And yeah. I know that you're not, but I also know how difficult it is to come up with something to talk about every week. Yeah. Um, and so it's, and of course, Iberian X has been, has been doing this almost, probably just, I think just a little bit less than I have. And that's, I mean, that's a big commitment, right? Iberian X. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, like you said, you know, um, it's, it's like anything. Once you start doing it, you get to realize how much work is involved. Yeah. Mm. And you really have to have, um, even though it's an overused word, a passion for it and mm -hmm. uh, to have a desire to, to not only just produce the content, but just to, you know, make the commitment to do it even, even on days when you don't feel like it. That's <laughs> true. And, that's, and the challenges yeah. of uh, planning for it when, you know, with the travel schedule. And I know, Martin, especially, um, you know exactly how that feels because you travel quite a bit as well. And just planning for the shows to be released when 
you know, you're traveling, so you need to get a few of them ahead of time. And I never missed a Thursday. My show has been released on Thursday mornings for a hundred weeks. Never missed a deadline. Wow. And um, that's great. So that was, yeah, it is a big commitment. But honestly, I don't think I would have done it without Russell Boyd, who is my editor and who does the magic behind the scenes. I just send him the file and then. Uh, and he worries about the rest. He worries about making me sound good, uh, cutting whatever is <laughs> necessary. And uh, he's just a great guy. And I just want to say a big, big thank you to Russell for 100 episodes uh, where he, uh, you know, he did his magic and, and, and saved, uh, saved the day a few times when we had a lot of uh, uh, technical issues and we had so many cuts and he put all that together and, and I'm sure nobody even noticed. So um, it's really a teamwork. So um, that's probably, I would not do it myself. And I, I remember you, Martin, telling me it's a lot of work in the post-production because do you still do your own post-production? Yeah, but uh, you know, I, again, I I don't really see it as being a lot of work um, because by the, by the time I'm finished recording, my uh, all I have to do is press a few more buttons and it's out. I I actually I record and I stop and start. It's different for me, you know. Yeah. With you being you, you're doing the live show essentially, and so there's a lot more post post production. But for me, I'm. I have, I actually write my blog post before I sit down to record. I don't transcribe, I manuscribe the, mm -hmm. the post podcast. So I, um, I sit down to record and I also do an enhanced podcast, which means I've got the, uh, I've got my um, images embedded in the audio. And so I have to stop after every few sentences to change the image. And then, you know, so for me, by the time I finish recording, I've almost got, well, I have got a completed show. I just have to export it in a couple of formats, press a few more buttons and it's uploaded. So the post-production for my show isn't as heavy as, as a, an interview style show. Yeah, but it seems still sounds like a lot of work. And you're a lot more techie than me. <laughs> so for me, that would still be a nightmare. Um, Ibargenex, what, uh, what show number are you on now on the Candid Frame? I think it's uh, 334. Okay. And Martin, you're up at 500 uh now? I've, uh, I'm just preparing 536. We should have had uh, Chris Marquette on the show if it wasn't so late in Germany. <laughs> Is that what, yeah. 800 something? <laughs> yeah, well, Chris from the start did, he's always done two, three a week. I don't know yeah. how many he's doing at the moment, but he did a lot. Yeah. Um, Chris, yeah. Chris's podcast is, was actually, it was, there was Chris and Len, Brooks Jensen's Lens Work podcasts in, mm -hmm. in iTunes when I started mine. Um, and then shortly after I started mine, I, I know that it was around maybe only a few weeks or perhaps a few months, but that was when Iberian X started as well. Um, I imagine so that will be like the end of 2015, Iberian X? Yeah, 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 because this is, yeah. oh, yeah, just just beginning of 2006, actually. Oh, uh, Okay. Oh, not 15. Yeah, 2005. I just, I just knocked 10 years off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 2000. Started, yeah, so I was uh, September 2000, uh, I released episode one on 5th of September, I think it was 2005. So just a little bit after that. Yeah, and uh, so Ibarian X, um, you're pretty much weekly as well now, because yeah. that's pretty much all you devote your time to. Yeah, at first it was bi-weekly, mm -hmm. and at some point I just, I said, well, let me do this every week. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think people really expect it. You know, once you start doing every week, it would be hard to go back to every two weeks. Um, I know people tell me all the time, that's my Thursday morning commute is listening to Street Focus. And, mm. um, and it's really the audience that keep, keep me going. Um, it's the great feedback that I, I mean, every day I hear from a listener one way or another, and you know how that feels, you know, it's just so gratifying to know that you're making a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so, um, Ibargenex, do you have, uh, do you have some, uh, well, first of all, Ibargenex was really, um, encouraging me to get started because had the, it, there's it's so male dominated i mean just like the photography industry is very much male dominated podcasting is very much male dominated among the the podcasters but also among the audience i find that it's mostly guys who listen to podcasts don't you think well it's based on the survey that i did uh i think it was two years ago yeah that's i think that's the case but from the demographics that i've heard from other people um uh, in terms of podcasts i think maybe up until recently it really was dominated by by, by guys but as podcasting has become more um more commonplace in mm -hmm. terms of general audience i think that there are increasing numbers of of women that listen to to podcasts I can't really can't say that uh, a good percentage of them listen to photography podcasts. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, just because of the nature of most of most of the shows. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm pretty confident that that increasingly that there are more and more women listening. But I, I thought it was really important to have a, a, a female, an experienced female voice out out in the ether. And uh, you are certainly certainly that. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it's just been fun. When I started, well, as you all know, Frederick Van Johnson uh, on TWIP asked me to join the network. And I was the first new show added um, with Street Focus. Well, they already had um, all about the gear show that had been going for a while. And then I was the new show. And um, so I thought, well, you know, if you hand it to me this way, I guess, why why say no? You know, that was kind of like the 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 one thing I needed to make my, my decision to get to, to get the show on the road. I, at first, I thought I was going to do it on my own. But then uh, by going through the TWIP network, I had an editor and I didn't have to worry about the technical part of it. I just had to worry about the format, finding the guests, finding the stories, doing the recordings, you know, getting the blog posts ready and everything. That's still a lot of work, but it, it gets easier as you get used to it. I don't spend as much time prepping the shows like I used to because you get a little more at ease, but it's still nerve wracking. I can't even listen to the first episodes. Do you guys have that same, <laughs> have the same? Like, does it like if you want to, if you go back and listen to the first uh, 10 episodes of the Kenneth Frame or the Martin Bailey show, do you, do you guys kind of cringe? I don't dare do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, I loaded all of mine onto, well, I, I actually, I loaded the first few and then I, I paid um, a young guy, a photographer in in the UK, to go through and add about 180 episodes from around 30 to 200, uh, just over 200, onto my blog. And and as he did that, he was listening to them, and he'd say, "Oh, that was a good episode." I'm saying, just don't talk about it. Just you know, I don't want to know. <laughs> you know it's like, and and I I remember that at the beginning, I started with really bad equipment. I uh -huh. 
I think I was trying to use this tiny little com- condenser mic for the first episode. And then I, um, it sounded so bad, I re-recorded. I had to go out and I bought a, a little Roland mixer and a, a proper mic. And then I got I got it something like, but it's still, I, I cringe. I, I can't listen. And the music, you know, that's the biggest thing for me. Because a lot of the time I, I stick with the same music for a while. And I normally get sick of it by the time I change it. And so it's like the first few with the music I was using, it was all jingly jangly. And I'm like, oh, drives me crazy. So, I, yeah, I can't listen to it. It's, yeah. uh, but but it's, it's our history. I mean, the thing is, yeah. I, I don't, although I think iTunes caps at 300 or something like that, um, I, I do think it's our history. And that's why I, I leave them all on the blog. If people go to the blog, you can listen to every single episode still. Um, yeah. And I and I do see downloads. I I, I track my my podcasts with PodTrack, and I I do still see downloads from the the really early episodes. So, and I think that the 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 content doesn't necessarily get old. I mean, you know, a camera review that is now been replaced by three more generations is perhaps old. But I think a lot of the technique and a lot of the stuff that I talk about doesn't really get old. That's true. And so so it's probably still useful and. You know, I'm, I'm sure that people are finding value in it. But you're right. I, I can't listen to those first few episodes. Well, I remember I was so nervous. You could probably hear it. You know, I was kind of shaking uh, interviewing um, people. And I remember my first guest was Thomas Lotard. And we didn't know each other at the time. I just knew his work and he knew my work. But that was it. And we've become mm-hmm. friends since then. But I and when he was on the show like a year later after we had hung out and gone shooting together we met at a conference then it was so much more comfortable because we Mm. knew each other but i remember the first episode i was so nervous (laughs) i can't (laughs) listen to it again um and embryo next yours are are timeless because it's a new guest every time so it's they're not dated i mean you rarely talk about equipment or anything so uh, it's really um people can go back and listen to all those episodes of the candid frame then you yeah, pretty much people, sound the same. Yeah, people, um, you know, I regularly get messages from people who are going back to those older interviews. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I saw a message uh, today on, on Twitter about someone going back to those older interviews. And, you know, and I can see it in the, in, in the numbers that people go back. And I'm, I'm really appreciative that people still find value in those, even though I myself, you know, focus on the things that I did wrong. Uh, or the mistakes that I made, or you know, all that other stuff. I, I, I take some pride in the fact that the content is still valuable and it still entertains. And um, that's one of the reasons I I had the app created because as as, as uh, Martin mentioned, you know, at some point the uh, Apple on iTunes sort of caps it off. So with the app, um, people can access every show I've ever done and ever will do. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'm glad that I'm doing that because it, it makes it really easy for people to access any interview that they want on the fly. It, you know, they're not, they're not locked in having to be in front of a computer in order to access it. And it's really convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you guys had, I'm sure, tons of good reviews, but occasionally you'll get somebody who just stabs you in the heart. Uh, <laughs> how does that feel after so many episodes because it still hurts doesn't it you, you know i i have to admit i i don't even read 
the okay. reviews anymore. No. I, I should, I should go in and check, but I, I don't, I honestly don't care. Yeah. It's, and I know that I sounds, that sounds wrong, but if someone wants to say something nice, they usually say it to me. Yeah. And if someone wants to say something nasty, then they've got other motives. They, you know, and I don't have to please everyone that listens to the show, but it's free fundamentally you know i mean people people it's it's not as that it's free to them it costs me a lot of money and a lot of time each week Mm -hmm. so i don't want the negativity you know and if someone really does have some feedback for me that on how they think i can make it better they'll send it me directly um usually the people that that say negative things they're, they're just nasty people and I don't want to be surrounding myself with nasty people. Yeah. So I don't, and, and, and I, you know what, I, I'm not saying that because I saw a negative um, review that, that hurt me or anything. Um, I think the only, I, I was still doing it. I was working in an old IT job when I first started doing the podcast and one of my, my boss came in and he laughed about a comment um, because he knows this is something that I, that I have trouble with, even in my business life. I often, we used to call, call my conversations sometimes Baylolian, which meant <laughs> they were too long. You know, it was like, uh, and so there's this one guy who wrote that, um, <laughs> it really creased my old boss up, but he wrote um, that, you know, he, he's, he apologizes for the, for the show being too long and then spends three minutes time telling you why it's too long. It's like, <laughs> yeah. so it's like, uh, and it's true. I mean, that was one of those things that I, I listened to and I, I tried to not be too long winded, but it was, it was just funny that, uh, that we saw that. But yeah, I mean, that sort of constructive criticism, I'm totally open to. But if someone wants to write something nasty, then they're, they're generally not being nasty for the reasons that are, are important to yeah, me. Yeah, it's not constructive at that point. It's nah. just ne- being negative for the sake of it. And and there's only been a couple of them, um, but they did hurt. And it's hard not to take it personally, but, and I, I should, I think it hurts more than when it's something about an article or a book you write because you put so much more of yourself in a podcast. I mean, it's what, what people, when people meet me after listening to my podcast, I mean, it's just this, it's me. They say, well, I feel like we Mm. know you because we've been listening Mm. to you for so many hours. And so I feel like it's just more of me in a podcast than something I write. So I feel like the criticism is more hurtful because of that. Uh, Ibarion X, do you feel that way? You know, I've, I I think early on I got more negative critiques mm-hmm. than I do now. And I think a lot of some of the comments that I got that were negative were uh, were valuable okay. uh, because they they were directly related, not to me sucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more issues with with the audio quality of the show. Yeah. And that's the thing that I was very, very conscious of. Um, but after a while, after I sort of got that down to the best of my ability, most most of the comments that I've gotten more recently are more reflective of the person who's listening to the show rather than anything that I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, but you do remember those negative comments. I, I, I still remember the last that really bad negative review I got uh, when someone just saying he didn't get it and they thought it was the most boring show he'd <laughs> And it was just, but I didn't, I didn't take that personally because I thought that was more about him. Yeah. Because I know that I enjoy each conversation that I have with my guests and I get so much out of each 
each episode and each time I have a chance to talk with people. So I know that if I'm finding it valuable, that some people in my audience are, are as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I recognize that not every episode is going to be for everybody who listens. That's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah. And same with me, although uh, they're all about street photography, mostly in documentary photography, but um, because it's weekly and it's so it, it's it's kind of an well, it's a narrow field. I mean, it's one genre of photography that I have to talk about every week. Then I started this um, uh, segment, you know, rotation where I have a Q&A episode every month and I have conversation episodes and I have um, the streets of the world where we talk to a street photographer in one big city somewhere in the world and they tell us the best spots to shoot. And then I have uh, street tips where someone, a photographer will give us his top street tips. So I have a rotation. And then some people will say, oh, I just don't like the streets of the world because I'll never go to Tokyo or to Havana. So why would I care? And a lot of people on the opposite are the opposite said, wow, I feel like I'm traveling through the show. I'll never go to those places, but now I feel like I know them a little bit. So you, yeah, you can't please everyone. And, uh, and I tried, you know, if I, if, if I see that the comment is friendly, I'll say, well, it's a good thing you're not paying for this. Then, you know, you can skip that episode. <laughs> yeah. If I see that it's just negative and it's more of a troll, then I try to just let it slide and not respond. It's really hard for me not to respond, but uh, I've learned. And I and that's yeah. you know, you can't be out there and, and not get that kind of thing that just comes with the territory. And I'm very, very sensitive. And so I need to build the thick, thicker skin uh, somehow. But it, it it it's some some um comments i've actually if i read them early in the morning i've totally ruined my day i mean i've cried from some comments <laughs> and it's like well, i don't know if i want to do this anymore why are people so mean <laughs> uh, but, you know i i'm i'm relatively sensitive as well and th yeah. so things like that do do hurt me and you know but i i think that the going back to your comment there about you know I'm never going to go to Tokyo or wherever because I'm, you know so it's, it's not interesting. The, that's that just totally gets you know avoids the point of you doing any of it. You know yeah. if someone is so close-minded that they can't enjoy something like that, then they're probably listening to the wrong podcast or True. they're you know I mean yeah. I I think that most people are going to enjoy it because it takes you to another place and. It, it puts you in a location that you may have no um, desire or even no ability to, to go to. But that's the point of it. You know, if you if you can't accept that, if that doesn't is something that doesn't appeal to you, then you're probably never going to watch movies because, you know, they're all f filmed somewhere where you're never going to go. Mm -hmm. Most of them. You know, you'd never read a book. You'd never do hardly anything if, if it's not something that you can't do on your own doorstep. So. Yeah, that that sort of comment is definitely the one that's, that just gets skirted over, and yeah, I, I I've got no time for stuff like that. But on the other hand, I get so much great feedback, and mm. that is so heartwarming. I mean, it, it seriously, every day I get either emails or or uh, comments through the the the, the show or tweets or it, you know Facebook messages of people thanking me thanking me for doing this and uh from all over the world and and it's just it, i would not miss an episode because i feel like i would i would 
you know, it would be disappointing to those people. And I, you know, it's my, I just feel like it's my job to, to deliver. And, uh, for, for me, it would be at this point inconceivable to, to skip a week even. <laughs> That's why mm. I plan so far ahead so that I make sure I'm covered for when I travel for several weeks because, uh, I don't know. It's become, uh, it's so important to me. So important to me to deliver. Mm. Um, you know, you know, when, when you mentioned that earlier, I was thinking I, I do try, like, for, for example, I traveled for um, six weeks out of the first couple of months of this year on my winter tours. And I did, I was able to put a, a podcast in the feed ready to just launch every, every Monday. Mm-hmm. And I did it then, but sometimes I just, I just can't. And I, I do I do leave blanks every so often. That, that's why after 10 years, I'm at 535 and almost 11 years, I'm at 535 in, instead of 550 or, yeah. you know, if you consider t- 52 weeks a year, it should be a little bit more. But I, I think that the dedication that you've shown is is exactly the point that I was trying to make in my initial communication about this. If you think you can stick with it, then go for it. And I'm really pleased that it's worked out for you because, you know, I can tell you're enjoying it. And there, there are times with anything that we do that we get a little bit upset and and feel as though it's it's maybe not all worth it. But I know that with me coming up to, literally in a few weeks, coming up to my, the, my full 11th year, um, I've got no regrets. This has been so enabling for me that I, I just, I'm really thankful that I, I initially started it and kicked it off and have stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. So, Ibar, your next, has it been almost 10 years for you or? It's, already, it's past 10 years. It's past now. 10 years. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And, uh, and going strong. I, I like to think so. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I've been really committed to, um, making the the quality of the show the uh, to the best you know as good as i can mm-hmm. uh especially with 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 the guests i think this is i think this this year uh particularly has been a really good year um because practically everyone that i've had on the show i've been really excited to have on the show mm-hmm. and uh i think that i've gotten a really good range of different voices on, on the program because um, even though the, the the listenership may be sort of uniform. Um, I like that the show is very reflective of the larger photographic community that mm-hmm. exists there, which was also always a, a, a big part of my goal. Yeah, um, was to have people that usually never show up in the photo magazines, but who are producing really exceptional exceptional work. And you know, as as with anything that I that I do related to the podcast, it just gives me an excuse to talk shop with someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so true. Yeah, same here. The, the one thing I was really worried about is finding something that's street photography related every week, and thinking, well, how, when am I going to um, when am I going to run out of of guests or ideas or stories, or is it going to get repetitive after a while? So I was really nervous about that. And then you know what you. There is always someone working on a fun, exciting project. Doesn't have to be new, but you know they have a, a different perspective, and and uh, so it seems like that's almost limitless. So I'm not so worried about that anymore. But I still, I still encourage the listeners to to um, 
send me, you know, uh, suggestions because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to do the research. Martin, you don't have as many guests. You do a lot of solo shows, but you do once in a while have some guests, right? For right, you, yeah. for you, the, 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 the work is more in preparing a, a monologue almost. That's right. hard. That's really hard to do because the first, uh, f- first Q and A's I did on my own and it's a lot harder than having a guest to, bounce back um mm. uh, to, but, but to, you know that okay. that's part of the the reason that i've continued to do the show as well though because it's made me a better photographer mm-hmm. i you know normally when i when i sit down to record a new a new episode i'm coming at it from one of two angles if you split it up very broadly one is talking about something that i'm already very confident about and I'm I'm just sharing my knowledge. Yeah. But even with that, writing that down in a logical um, flow and in a way that is going to help people and be easy to understand helps you to organize your own knowledge. And it, it makes it it makes it sort of solidifies it in your head. And the other one is sharing stuff that I'm really just learning about. Um, it's like last year I I developed my, my own film for the first time ever. And I literally shared, I recorded and shared myself recording, uh, sorry, developing the very first role. And I mean, part of it, I was, I was sat there for about, must have been 10, 15 minutes um, with my hands in the black bag, uh, in the, you know, the dark sack thing that you use. And I was trying to feed the medium format film into the wrong, I'd, I'd got the spool the wrong way around. And so I was trying to feed it in the wrong way. And I just threw that out there. I mean, granted, I speeded it all up. I, I condensed, I think it was like, must have been about 15 minutes. I condensed it down to about a minute. But I, I shared it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, I think that it's still valuable. Yeah. Because it shows that, you know, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily an expert on everything I talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, like I say, though, the other one, I mean, I mean, I do feel as though I've got, an opinion to share. Um, the like, for example, with with regards to color management and printing, I I'm pretty happy that you know I've I've got my I've got my chops in when it comes to that. I mean, I've just taken. Um, I'm going to be doing a review next week of the brand new Canon um, Pro 4000, a 44 inch wide printer, um, because my old one broke, and I've just literally yesterday had a new printer in, in, uh, installed, and. I love doing that stuff because I know what I'm talking about with that. And so it, it goes both ways. It's, it's either sharing a new experience or sharing, you know, relatively um, good expert knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I always have something to say, too. <laughs> it's like sometimes mm. it's harder to leave, you know, some I just get so excited, you know, and some guests are, you know, we just connect so well, even if they're people that. I've never talked to before. Sometimes there's really a good connection and, and, and I get so excited that I, I, I want to talk a lot too. And I keep, I keep mm. trying to, you know, uh, stop myself from taking over the conversation. So that's one of my <laughs> problem. I'm actually too excited about things. Um, but it's well, rare. That's good. Yeah, it is good. I mean, it's just me being me. I mean, that's the easiest way to be, first of all. And, and you, you know, that's important. If, yeah. if you're not you, you, and especially as we get older, you forget who you are. <laughs> And so, I mean, I've, I've never been a very good liar because I forget what I lied about. And so, you know, and and then the next minute you're contradicting yourself because you're trying to think, what was that? What would I say there? And, 
you know, I, I just generally find that being open and being honest is the easiest way to do what we do. And, and I think it comes across. People can really tell the authenticity in your conversations. And there's no quicker way of finding out how bad of a liar you are by getting, is by getting married. <laughs> that's funny yeah 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 but um the other people have told me i said uh it's so authentic and well it is just because i just i it's like everything i do it comes from my heart and uh, i'm not going to pretend i'm you know i'm not going to pretend to be an expert at this or that it's just no i'm st- I'm like everybody else, I'm still learning. And um, well, there is no better way to learn than to teach. <laughs> mm. And uh, and I I just love getting other people's opinions and and getting a conversation going. And and uh, so that's why I think it's it it's always fun because every time I'm recording a show, I'm learning something new and I'm I'm having a I'm having a blast. So um, so about your next, what tip can you uh, give me for the next? Hundred episodes. <laughs> oh, you know, the first thing that comes in my in mind is just keep doing it. I mean, as long as you're having fun with it, then keep doing it. Uh, and because for me, if at any point this becomes a chore, then I'd stop doing it. Yeah. But it, I, I'm not feeling that even after about ten, ten years. I mean, there's certain things about producing the show that I don't like doing. Um, but I think overall. Um, I like what I'm producing and I think that it's appreciated. And, uh, as long as I'm feeling really good about it and it's, and it's, you know, feeding my soul in the way that it does, then I keep doing it. And as long, and I think if you feel that way, then you keep doing it. But if at some point where you feel like it's taking away more than uh, from you, then, then, then it's giving you. I think it's time to just call it a day, but yeah. uh, it doesn't sound like you're anywhere close to that. And and that's how I do everything. I mean, um, people always say, oh, you travel for your photography, how oh, amazing, you know, that must be the best. And I said, yeah, and I'm pacing myself too. I could probably fill a few more workshops every year, but I know my limits. And, uh, and I don't want to get to the point where it starts being a job. And it stops being fun because I don't think then if if it starts, if it stops being fun as a teacher and podcasting is a little bit like teaching as well, uh, people are not going to get excited about it. It has to be genuine, it has to be authentic, and it has to be contagious. And I feel like teaching the workshops is the same way. If I wasn't excited about it, I don't think they would sell because, um, well, the word of mouth would probably not work as well. And then uh, why do something that you're not excited about, especially when it has to do with your art and the, the thing you're truly passionate about? So I only do things that I'm really passionate about. And uh, Martin, I, I think you probably feel the same way, especially about the workshops. I mean, you've been doing them for um, probably a little bit longer than me now. Um, did you feel like you you know your limits as to how much you want to be out and traveling that you're trying to keep a balance? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I I've I'm doing three winter tours here now, you mm-hmm. know, because Japan it's on my back door. It's and I I I love the locations that I take people to. So January and February I'm doing three tours back to back. And that's that's hard to do. You know, it's physically hard to do, mm. but it's it's really rewarding. 
But outside of that, I, I promised my wife from the start that I wouldn't book any more than one tour per quarter. Um, and that's I've actually ended up doing just because the January and February has become so hard. I found that I don't have time to catch up again over the, the few months after that. Um, so I'm really not booking anything in Q2 unless it's really exciting. And then I'm doing like, like I'm doing Namibia next July and uh, Iceland in um, in September again. But I that's really it. And I find that that gives me enough time then at home to to work on other projects. I like you know I mean I, I sell prints, so I I sometimes get a backlog of prints that I've got to I've got to um, make and send out. Um, I I do ebooks and other kind of education, and a lot of that stuff takes some good block time. Yep. It's not something you can do in a hotel in in Iceland or something like that. So, I I set time aside to really work on some of the projects that are, that have to be done, and and it's really only me. I mean, my my wife works for the company part time, um, but it's the majority of the stuff that has to be done around here is me, and so. You know, in any one day, I I can be the the admin. I can be the 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 website guy. You know, the, doing all the maintenance, um, keeping the website running. I I can be the marketing guy, the salesman, the the support engineer. I'm pretty much everything, all yeah. in one day. And so, a, a lot of the time, I mean, like for the summers, summers here in Tokyo are horrific. It was 38 degrees here yesterday. Oof. Um, and I, I so I'm like. I, I do like a reverse hibernation. So soon in the wintertime, I'm out. I'm all over the place. I, I love the cold because uh, I can wrap up, but I can only take off so much skin and fat to get cool. So so I, I'm like, I, I, I literally, I hate the sticky summers here in Tokyo. And so I, I just sort of, I come up here into my, my office and I will sit here and I'll spend a couple of weeks revamping the website. This this summer, I, I moved my website to a new server I really gave it a good boost. I cleaned up a lot of stuff that was bugging me, and it's running a lot better and it's running a lot faster. People were starting to get frustrated with how long it took the pages to to display. It doesn't anymore. You know, sometimes it does, depending on where they are in the world. But I, I it, by spacing out the amount of tours and and sort of making sure I'm not on the road the whole time, I, it gives me the time to work on projects that take a take a good chunk of time like that. So. Yeah, and and of course it keeps me at home, and my my wife doesn't like me to be away for too long and too long at a time as well. Yeah, um, and and yeah. I think to keep the passion in each of those, because I mean our our schedules are very similar in a way, except for the printing part, which I don't do. Mm. <laughs> But mm. you know, you write, you run tours, and you podcast, so we mm. we do very similar things, and uh, to keep uh, it's important to keep a balance in order to to stay excited about each one of those things. Um, mm. I, and, and, and I feel like if you're not passionate, if you're not excited about it, you're not going to do as good a job anyway. So it's really finding that that balance. Um, yeah. And um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I travel a, pretty much every month. And um, and now I'm writing I, I wrote an ebook this year for me, but now I'm writing a book for a publisher in New York um, for Focal Press. And uh, I, I just took a three-week vacation. And, uh, oh, I was going to write every day. And, yeah, well, that did not happen. <laughs> it started out well. And then uh, it's just not the same. We were traveling. We're, 
we're in Paris for a few days, Brussels for a few days. I didn't want to just sit up, you know, and it's not comfortable. You're traveling, so you don't really have a desk or anything. And so just, just finding the time and good thing I was ahead and I'm catching up now. But uh, yeah, you need to have those chunks of time where you're just going to focus in one task because especially the writing, it's something you just can't say, oh, I'll do 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. You know, you need to block at least a couple of hours. Ibarrio next, you do write a lot. Do you have a new book uh, in the works or? Well, I have a proposal that's out uh, with the publisher and I have to write a sample chapter, which is one of the things I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. See whether or not they pick up on it. But yeah, yeah, writing is has been uh, the, ways, the way by which I make a, a living. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's a good investment of time. I enjoy doing it. I took a break for a while. So this will be the first book that I've written in about, I think, two years, maybe a little longer. But sometimes you need you need the break because that's it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, it mm. does. I uh, I enjoy it, but um, this is new. This is the real deal <laughs> this time, and so I actually have a deadline, which works well for me. And that's why the podcast, you know, having a deadline, it needs to be published every Thursday. Uh, and that was the you know when when I joined the Twip Network, that was it. You're gonna publish every Thursday, so I stick to that. I always stick to a deadline. I'm always on time. And same with the the book. I know my deadline is January 6th, and it will be done on January. January 6th. There's no worries there. Uh, it's a lot harder when it was my own ebook because it wasn't, you know, mm. I, it, nobody gave me a deadline. I didn't give myself a deadline, which was probably a mistake, but it always got shoved back because it wasn't a priority. I mean, the, the, the workshops were a priority. The, 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 the podcast took precedence. So there were so many other things that, um, but once it was done and now it's been so popular and selling so much, they're like, yeah, I should have got that one done sooner. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, Martin, you still writing for, um, for our friend over, Craft, I can't craft, craft and vision. Yes. Um, craft and vision have just stopped. Um, I think they've just stopped. I'm not sure if this is public or not. If it isn't, I'm in trouble. But um, they, the last episode of the Craft and Vision phot- Photograph magazine is is going to be the last one. Okay. So um, I I don't have. They were only every two months. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, you know, having uh, for a while I was doing two columns. Then I then I started doing one. Um, but even that deadline can be quite stressful. But yeah. like you say, having a deadline. And and it's it's surprising how many people don't really stick to those deadlines. I I know that whenever I if I was going to be traveling, say I've got a deadline on February the tenth, and I'm going to be traveling from say February the first until the fourteenth, I'll get that book in before February the first. And yet a lot of people that write for magazines and they'll they'll just leave it. They'll let it go over, and it really frustrates the hell out of the the publishers. Yeah. But um, I was, they were always saying, oh, I, you know, I re- we really respect the way that you get your stuff in on time or ahead of time when you're going to be traveling. And so I, I don't like letting, um, I never go over, over deadlines. Um, but you, you touched on something great there about your own project, because I, I do think it's important if you, if you're going to do something, it's important to, to give yourself a deadline, um, even if it is, is just for yourself. Yeah. And I, I know that my, my wife sometimes sees me, I'm, I'm I'm getting stressed out. I'm trying to make time to come up into the office or I'm sitting next door on the sofa in the evening and I'm working away on something. 
and, you know, say I'm behind on preparing for a podcast and, and I'll say, okay, that's it. I've just about got the, the manuscript done now and it'll be like 10.30 on a Sunday evening. And she'll, she'll say, why don't you just relax? I say, well, if I relax, then I've got twice as much to do tomorrow. And, <laughs> I, and I need, to, I've, I've got to, you know, I've got to do this. She says, yeah, but you don't really, you, you can go over by a day, but I hate going over by a day. Mm-hmm. I, if, if I, you know, I've, I've made it my policy to release on a Monday evening and something pretty bad's got to happen to for me to go over to Tuesday or or even later. Sometimes it's something really great that's happening and, and I have to go over for another reason. But yeah, deadlines, even for personal projects, are really important. Well, you were publishing podcasts when you were in the hospital even. Years um, back. I, I, was, I, I was doing blog posts. Oh, they were um, blog posts. Yeah, I remember putting out a few blog posts. Um, but, you know, I mean... A brain tumor is a good enough reason to have a few weeks off. <laughs> yeah, but um, you were still working. <laughs> I was, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, that's the thing, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, even I remember when that happened as well. Um, my wife said, are you going to tell everyone about this? I said, I don't know how not to. Yeah. You know, I, I said, it, it's just not me to cover things up and and just I, I've got to be public. I've got to I've got to let people know what's happening. Um, but the the I think that that's. As you were saying earlier, you know, being authentic is one of the big things about it. Um, and I think that it comes across and people respect you for it. Um, yeah. and, and of course, it's, I don't do it because of that. I literally don't know how to not do it. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm kind of mm. a, an open book <laughs> that way too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's good. Yeah, well, you guys, you know, I I know through those past, well, before I even started the podcast, and then over the past couple of years, I've had both of you on the show, um, and uh, and I've shared a lot of, uh, we've shared a lot of emails, and I know I've vented a few times, and you've always been there, you know, to support me, to help me out. Ibarionex, I had a chance to work with you last year in LA, which was lovely, and I hope we do that again. And um, it's meant a lot to me, you know, those friendships of people who who I admire and I uh, respect, and that have, um, you know, always always been there for me. And uh, that's why it was so important for me to have you two on the show today for my 100th episode because i never thought i would get there (laughs) yeah well congratulations thank you thank you so much and uh so um you're next uh let people know where they can see more of uh of your work and um discover uh, the candid frame if they haven't already yeah they can go to the candidframe.com and there they can see uh, the blog post where uh, I post uh, information about each episode. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, there's a link there to download the Candid Frame app, which is available available for Windows, Apple, iOS, and uh, Android. And uh, I also have a YouTube channel that I've been doing uh, recently where I do not so much interviews, but I do like critiques of photographs that listeners are submitting to the Candid Frame Flickr pool. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to get a little more of me, uh, just uh, go to YouTube and just type in uh, X or the Candid Frame and you'll, and you'll find it. That's awesome. We should, uh, we should get together and do one together sometime. That would be really oh, fun. Would- 
Yeah. I have been, I mean, I, I do a lot of critiques. They're just not public, you know. I do private mm. critiques online. Uh, but I think it, I, I did some that were semi public for the Arcanum, uh, but they're not released to the general public. But I think it would be really good to, uh, to start doing that on my YouTube channel as well. So I should, uh, see how you're doing that. It'd be actually fun to, uh, to get together and do, and do one or two yeah, together. We- um, Martin, where can people go see more about you and your Martin Bailey photography podcast? Yeah, everything's linked to the martinbaileyphotography.com website. Uh, so there's not a the on there. So martinbaileyphotography.com. Oh. Okay. Um, everything is, uh, no, it was me. I said that the, oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, go to martinbaileyphotography.com and everything's linked in the menu there. Um, you can see my tours, my podcasts and everything else that I'm up to. Awesome. Thank you both for for being here for me. And uh, thank you to the audience of the Street Focus podcast. I know some of you have been listening since day one. And I would love to get um, some feedback on this episode, episode 100 in the comment section. You know, let me know what... uh, uh, what you've you've loved if you have a favorite episode I would love to know which one it was and uh, let me and, and send me some suggestions you know um, I always look for it's 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 a lot of work you know to to look for new stories so if you guys uh, know someone who's working on a really really good project you know um, shoot me an email or put a comment in the comment section of any episode but thanks again for sticking with me and uh, hopefully we'll have a hundred more. Yeah, congratulations. Thank Here you. Thank you, guys. Here we go. Yay. Oh. <laughs> the Yay. <claps>. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show. And please share on social media. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets.